Rolling along here on Toronto Today, Steve Eliopoulos spinning the tunes on the board. Joe Narset, producer. I'm Andy McNamara with you till 1 o'clock. Then the Scott MacArthur Show is up. We'll chat with Zig for Cassie, Sirius XM NFL host and anchor in just a few minutes. Heading into the third week of the National Football League preseason. And this is the big one. This is the one where we're going to see starting jobs won and lost. One in particular, I think, is the Buffalo Bills. And with A.J. McCarron coming back from a non-broken collarbone, it turned out. Uh, this is a big one because Josh Allen, the rookie, is starting. If he has a great showing, this contest is over. You also have Nate Peterman floating around. Like When I look at that Buffalo Bills quarterback situation, this is a team that said, well, we don't want Tyrod Taylor. He's not, uh, he's not good enough, even though he broke your playoff drought, longest in the league since 1999. This millennium, this entire, this century you had not made the playoffs. And you boot the guy out of town who got you there, or in part, right? Largely defense and running game. But who led the way? Now, the answer to that is, um, all right, free agent, we'll get A.J. McCarron, who is a complete unknown and is not somebody who has proven in any way who can lead you back. Nate Peterman, who's one game of action, a half actually, he threw five interceptions, and a, a just a slight breeze knocks out his long ball. Terrible arm. He can't throw the deep ball. That's what you need in Buffalo come the winter. He's in there, and then you draft Josh Allen, who looks like your quarterback, looks like a guy who can do it, has all the tools, um, a very raw talent. Accuracy issues, the deep ball, sure, but it's the touch on the short to intermediate plays. I actually saw a tweet from Deadspin, had some cursing in it, so I can't say it exactly, but it was like, uh, you'll appreciate this, Joe, producer Joe Narsa. It was... It said, uh, Josh Allen, if you ever wondered what a blank Carson Wentz looked like. <laughs> like if Carson Wentz was garbage, it's Josh Allen. Like, if you're, if you're ever curious, like, hey, what if Carson Wentz wasn't good? Oh, there's Josh Allen. So good. Did you see the take that <laughs> Sam Darnold is the next Carson Wentz? Uh, Sam Darnold's damn good. Okay, I understand this. And nobody, listen, nobody expected Carson Wentz to do what he did that quick out of coming out of North Dakota. No, and this, listen, this isn't my, like, Eagles fan bias. Okay. I just don't think you can have an estimation of a player's future by watching two preseason games. Very true. And, like, I get it. Like, you want to come out with a hot take and you want to have a conversation that, you know, fuels, you know, me and you watched it. And, like, I watched it because I was like, this is so stupid. Jake Gardner, I'm voting yeah. for it. I'm listening to it. But let the guys have at least six to eight games in the NFL before you start projecting them and you start burying them or putting them up on a pedestal. Like yesterday, you were talking about Teddy Bridgewater. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure Teddy Bridgewater was one of the most untouchable quarterbacks three years, two years ago. And he was still ascending. Like he was not even at his peak. He was still learning in his second year before his knee blew up. And I still think a healthy Teddy Bridgewater could be a lot more impactful than Kirk Cousins. Like Kirk Cousins is good, don't get me wrong, but a guy like Kirk Cousins has never proved to be clutch. Teddy Bridgewater right. has a lot of tools and talents and skills, and he had a significant knee injury. Yeah. And now it's like, oh, just trade Teddy Bridgewater. And why isn't that the same conversation people are having about Deshaun Watson? It's it's almost as if there's like these two categories of okay today we're gonna make them 
the today we're gonna put them on top of the mountain, and tomorrow yeah. we're gonna bury them to, to tear them down. And the thing with Bridgewater that always got me very. I'll use the word frail in the sense that very uh, thin build. He was coming along nicely, but now you have the durability issues, and he's looked good in training camp and preseason. We still don't know really how that knee is going to hold up long term, right? And for Deshaun Watson, same thing. Last year I called him RG4. I said, this dude's going to get hurt. I'm not happy that I was right because he was entertaining, but he got hurt. These guys, these mobile quarterbacks, and Teddy is, I think... He is more built for longevity as long as he has a good offensive line in front of him than a Deshaun Watson because he's that elusive in the pocket, not looking to run. So he's not going to sacrifice his body willingly, unlike Deshaun Watson that's going to be you know, running all about. And, and we're going to see if he makes any adjustment in his game coming off of that knee injury from last year along with J.J. Watt and the Houston Texans. So yeah, like for the Jets... You got the situation of Josh McCowan, veteran, leader, player coach. Then you got the third overall pick, Sam Darnold. And then you got Teddy Bridgewater. So if you think the future Sam Darnold, McCowan's the present slash mentor, then I don't hate the idea if the right price, if someone goes down to try to trade Teddy Bridgewater, because he's still largely unknown. And that's where it comes in. If you can sell Teddy Bridgewater before anything happens, either injury or he has to get into a game and get exposed, I don't think you'd necessarily get a first-round pick for him because of the knee issues, like you did, let's say, with the Sam Bradford to Minnesota the other year. But you might be able to get a second-round pick, maybe second in a player. If a team's desperate enough, if you have a team go down who has playoff aspirations and their quarterback's out, they're going to pay. They're going to pay the price. And... Maybe that's where the Jets can cash in. Let's welcome in our good buddy from Sirius XM, NFL host and anchor. It's Zig for Cassie. Zig, how's it going, man? Andy, I'm doing well. Wish uh, Travis Frederick was doing better, but uh, yeah. we all pray for that, young man. Absolutely. Well, yeah, you mentioned that. It's a, an autoimmune disorder. Is that correct from the Cowboys? Uh, yeah, and it's one that uh, I'm rather familiar with because I had Guillain-Barre syndrome when I was 12 years old. Really? Yes. It... Uh, not to bore the listeners, but no. basically, my, this was 1977. Mine started out essentially as a cold. And then what happened over a period of time was it became a struggle for me to run and keep up with my friends playing games and all this. Then about a month later, it became a struggle just to even walk. And by December, I was crawling around trying to get everywhere. I missed school, and uh, it was clear something was wrong, so... There was degeneration over this period of time, and then it turned out, the, you know, in early January of 78, I was diagnosed with Guillain-Barre syndrome, which is that autoimmune disorder, and it can shut down the nervous system. And, Andy, if it spreads to certain parts of the body, you can actually die from it. Really? So, oh. so there's no cure for it. It's still rare. I'm sure the treatments are better than it was, uh, you know, some 40 years ago when I had it, but... Uh, you know, we're praying for this young man. Everybody's worried about, well, when's he coming back to football? Let's worry about him having a good quality of life. Yes. Worry about him, you know, being able to function on a normal basis. Then if he's able to play football again, that's fabulous. But it looks as though they caught it right away, so that's a good sign. So that's definitely a good sign. Thanks for sharing that with us, Zig. That's, 
interesting and glad you obviously recovered from it, and we hope the same for uh, for Travis Frederick there of the Dallas Cowboys. In conversation with Zig Fikassi, Sirius XM NFL host with us on Toronto Today. Uh, Zig, some off-season news here, and this off-season, it just is, we just keep getting peppered with juicy gems of news. One coming out, San Francisco 49ers, still strange to say that with Richard Sherman, but cornerback Richard Sherman launching a daily fantasy site, not just as a spokesman, but as a co-founder, like the business acumen and the intelligence of Richard Sherman, sometimes you you forget about, and then it pops up with this. Like this could be real fun. Absolutely. I mean, Richard Sherman here, and you know, I've been doing NFL radio for this will be my fifteenth year coming oh, wow. up, and every once in a while, you know, what I come up with, uh, Andy, was guys who I thought were underdrafted. In other words, guys who probably should have been selected higher than they were and people were talking about back in 2010 Richard Sherman being this you know too small corner I says the guy can cover his shadow and the receiver at the same time he should have been higher and then obviously became you know arguably the the best corner in the NFL over the last eight or nine years and I think beneath the the bluster the long hair and everything like that Richard Sherman's a very smart individual, went to Stanford, graduated with honors, and he's got a great business mind, business acumen, so it doesn't surprise me at all. And maybe, Andy, he's looking ahead to the future because, let's not forget, he is coming off that Achilles injury Mm -hmm. from last year, so... Let's hope he returns to the field very well in his new team, the 49ers. Yeah, and he, he has to start looking ahead because who knows? We get one of those injuries, something else happens. He's uh, certainly on the, back, on the back nine of his career. Let's swing over to New England here, Zig. And a couple of points come at the wide receiver position. Patriots cut Kenny Britt. And I got to learn a lot about Kenny Britt, Zig, by watching him or, or more watching what he didn't do with the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. Bad, terrible attitude, bad influence, coming in late, missing, just a, a rotten teammate by all accounts. He got dealt to New England, and now he's cut from the Patriots. Plus, so not only are the Patriots down Kenny Britt, which isn't a loss in my mind, but it came out, NFL.com, they're not interested in Des Bryant. No, and to the point about Kenny Britt, there's an old adage, Andy, that you can't make the club in the tub, meaning <laughs> that if you're constantly in treatment or being hurt, that you know that really hurts your chances of performing on the field. So I'm sure Belichick and you know the people up there in New England did their due diligence on Kenny Britt. I think in, in this particular case, Andy, it was just the fact that he couldn't stay healthy. So the Patriots trying to, you know, use as many able bodies as they can. Their receiving core uh, is really kind of a cluster at this point because you're facing a four-game suspension with Edelman. Uh, Malcolm Mitchell was let go because he couldn't stay on the field because of injuries. So I'm sure Hogan, uh, Chris Hogan, excuse me, and also uh, the former first-round pick of the Indianapolis Colts, Philip Dorsett, Mm -hmm. they're going to have to be more of the targets here for Tom Brady. So... It'll be interesting to see ultimately if the Patriots bring in somebody uh, later in, uh, this summer or you know before the start of the season. And, and to Des Bryant again, if people watched All or Nothing that series on Amazon, he didn't do himself any favor. The no. guy acts like a high maintenance diva. He's a good receiver. He's paid accordance with the likes of Antonio Brown and Julio Jones, but he doesn't have their work ethic. 
And now you're on the backside of, what, 30, a questionable work ethic? And does he go to a team that, you know, can has uh, bad weather situations like a New England, like a Cleveland? I don't know how he'd thrive in that. And I think his, I hate to say this, Andy, but I think his reputation precedes himself. And the thing is, is that he's acting like a diva, but he hasn't had a 1,000-yard season since 2014. Now, part of that's due to injury and not being available. But right. now, all of a sudden, that name recognition, and people think, oh, yeah, Des Bryant's great. You go and look, it's like, well, he actually didn't, hasn't done that much. And last year, he was under 840 yards. So it's all about, for Des, I think, him getting his mind right in the sense that, all right, I'm going to go somewhere. I'm not going to be the guy. I'm not going to be the ex. I'm going to be... Maybe the three, maybe the two, and I have to be okay with that. And with New England turning him down, and I think for the Browns largely, uh, by all accounts, he had a great visit with them, but then Josh Gordon comes back. Right. If, if neither of those two work out, I don't know where else he goes, barring an injury and maybe a team's desperate. Well, let's not forget he supposedly turned down a deal from the yep. Ravens. That's so, multi-year, too. Yeah, so you got you got to wonder there, you know, is there really a market for him? I mean, at this particular point, he's going to have to – you know, basically do a one-year prove-it deal. There was mm-hmm. also some overtures, supposedly, were, were the Bills interested? I, I can't imagine them to be, especially with a young quarterback, and we saw the dynamic that Des, uh, Des and Dak did not work together very, very well in Dallas. Not that they hated each other, but there just wasn't that connection. So, again, I think it just comes down to reputation preceding himself, and that's why Des Bryant is where he is right now. In conversation with Zig Fricassi from Sirius XM NFL host and anchor on Twitter at Zig Fricassi. So, Zig, been talking about it all show. This is the dress rehearsal preseason week. The game three, where we're going to have the starters for all the teams playing likely into the second half. And this is where starting jobs are won and lost. Are there a couple storylines you're looking at, you're interested in to seeing whether it's a position battle like the Bills at quarterback or seeing how Deshaun Watson looks at Houston and J.J. Watt, uh, even with the Eagles in their quarterback situation? Like, Is there anything that stands out this week that says, okay, I'm going to keep my eye on this? Well, yeah, I mean, I think you mentioned it very well. I, I think the quarterback situation, obviously, in Buffalo is worth watching. I, I honestly believe the Bills do want <clears throat> excuse me, Josh Allen mm-hmm. to win that job. Uh, glad to know A.J. McCarron isn't as hurt as uh, the original report came out to be. Uh, with the Jets, obviously, you know, I, I think there's an, a feeling that they'd like Sam Darnold to win that job. Will Teddy Bridgewater be that? That's one of those right there, Andy. Is Teddy Bridgewater going to be showcased for a possible mm-hmm. trade? I think that's worth watching. Uh, you mentioned Deshaun Watson, and uh, from what I saw last week against the 49ers, uh, didn't miss much of a beat as far as rhythm, as far as you know, uh, being able to find open receivers and being able to move around as well as he does. So generally you're just looking right now at the quarterback situations around those teams we talked about. I think in Dallas what you're looking at is you know, now that they have this uh, sort of receiver by committee, mm-hmm. who ultimately steps up? Is it going to be the rookie Michael Gallup? Is it going to be sort of a reincarnation of Cole Beasley? And then who ultimately plays tight end down there, replacing the monstrous shoes of Jason Witten? Is it going to be Blake Jarwin? Is it going to be Jeff Swaim? 
Do they cut the cord on the RICO gathers experiment? So those are the things that I'm going to be looking for over the next 24 to 48 hours. It's going to be very interesting to follow. Zig, thank you so much. As always, man, we really appreciate it. Make sure you follow him on Twitter, at Zig for Cassie. Talk to you soon, Zig. Anytime, Andy. Thank you. All right, brother. There he goes. And you can hear him on SiriusXM NFL. One of the best guys around, Zig for Cassie. And yeah, you look at Zig brought it up at the end. That wide receiver group for the Cowboys? Yeesh. That is ugly. Like Cole Beasley, five foot eight, and that's generous. Okay, are you gonna rely as on a five foot eight slot guy at 180 pounds as your main target for Dak Prescott? Ooh, that's tough. Katie Cannon, I like, but again, that's he's a guy, 22 years old. He's a guy. Michael Gallup has a, a bit of size as a rookie. I liked him coming out of uh, the combine, but nothing necessarily elite about him. None of these guys jump out to me as saying, all right, you got your X. You got your number one receiver and roll. Guys like Terrence Williams have flashed but haven't been able to pick up the slack. Maybe a locker room without Des Bryant helps that. Alan Hearns has always had a lot of upside, never really been able to put it together consistently. So I think we're going to see a lot of pressure and a lot of work for Ezekiel Elliott there at the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, We'll step aside, talk a little more NFL and CFL when we return here on Toronto Today. Toronto Today on TSN 1050. I'm Andy McNamara with you until 1 o'clock. Then the Scott MacArthur Show takes over. And folks, Lease Busters will get you out of your car lease today. It's as easy as pie, a piece of cake. Avoid penalties and early termination fees. Visit leasebusters.com. Get back to our Twitter poll here at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Uh, we're going to dip back again to yesterday's poll because even though the poll has been closed for a couple of hours, it is still getting traction. Almost 4,000 votes on our hypothetical trade scenario on for the Leafs to get a top defenseman. Who would you trade? Nylander, Gardner, um, Kadri, or Marner? And we're getting, a, uh, well, comments from a, a uh, at Lesko Adam and his 17 followers saying, again, uh, none of them, it doesn't make sense when you have to choose among those guys. And then we did the, 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 the ploy that worked yesterday. So he didn't vote. And then Joe, producer Joe Narsa, you tweeted out, okay, uh, who, hypothetically, who would you vote for? And he says, Jake Gardner. Well, he originally said Love no it. one. Then? J- but Jay Gardner. Yeah, yeah, it's like, <laughs> none of them. I don't want to play in your silly game, but Gardner, because of his expiring deal, may not be able to resign. And then he said, <laughs> I even said the Michael Scott gift, like, come on, like, please. So and he's good. like, none of them. It doesn't make sense when, when you, you would have to choose among those guys to play along yeah. in this silly game. Colon. Gardner, because of his expiring deal, may not be able to re-sign him. I love it. And then, he said the formula works. That's what it's all about, gentlemen. Posted a <laughs> Trump gift saying, you are fake news. Here's the kicker, Andy. It doesn't make any sense! It doesn't make any sense, and here's the kicker. He's a politician. He's a candidate for Pembroke City Council. That's hilarious. Using a Trump gift. Are you serious? That's a double-edged sword. He not only... Answered a question he didn't want to. No, so he, so used he was Trump fooled to back it up. So, 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 <laughs> number one, he was easily duped. Right, way too easily duped. A second, used a Trump gift. That's right. Um, and he has seventeen followers. I think uh, we are not going to see. Let's go in office. Uh, just a hunch. No, Adam. Just a it's hunch. It's going to be tough. Adam, don't quit your day job, bro. 
And then I tweeted back, that tweet makes no sense. Thanks for voting in our closed poll. I give him credit, though. He tried his best not to... It's, but he For some reason, so once badly. I ask somebody to hypothetically answer this hypothetical <laughs> poll, they're like, oh, okay, I'm free now. Well, I have the leeway. Hypothetically. Okay, well, if it's hypothetical, Producer Joe, this poll's stupid, but Gardner... Detailed answer, though, Joe. It's not just a name. It's like, this sucks. Gardner, because of his expiring deal, may not be able to resign. It's like, um, yeah, so you just voted, you idiot. I love this. I love it. And we have we had so many. There's too many to to go through as far as actual good conversation points. Like we had a lot of great discussion in this too, Joe. People making a case for Nylander, for Gardner to be traded, even the odd Marner one. Like different scenarios being played out, which have been great. But then you just get these pigeons and trolls and wannabe politicians using <laughs> Trump gifts. Are you serious? <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. Good luck, buddy boy. That's awesome. Let's get to today's poll, though. Today's poll, a little less controversial, I think, Joe. <laughs> yeah, not as much fire coming out of this one. Not as, not as much fire, but still a lot of fun. We have our Toronto Today show poll at TSN 1050 Radio at AndyMC81. Maple Leafs had 49 wins and 105 points last season. If you had to bet, are you taking the over or the under 105 points for this Leafs season? Over or under 105 points? 78% say over, 22 percent say under and we got a reply here I have uh, from at demichelle matt says over and win the cup at demichelle matt's going all in he's not just saying over he's like over and give me the stanley cup right now see toronto baghead just completely like bring out the water on the fire let's see what it, oh. Let's just take a step back and think what it will be like if the Leafs fail to outperform oh, with Tavares. Baghead! Come on now. So just He's to my prove boy. our hypotheticals get even worse, our listeners do it too, oh. and we get yelled at. Oh, Baghead, come on, buddy. We got to go. We, 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 we got to get on the bandwagon here, man. This is all positive time. It's August 23rd. We can all be positive. Leafs are perfect. Leafs are undefeated. And they are the... Vegas odds to win the Stanley Cup. And so they're, they're, hence, the best team in the NHL right now. And they're tied for first in the division. And the conference. And, and the, the league. And the league. They won the Stanley Cup right now. They just don't. If they don't play a game, they won. Vegas thinks they won. They're pretty much the champs of the world. I, I, think, I think that's safe to say. Okay, so you can, vote. you can vote on that poll. And if you still want to get in on our closed poll, uh, I guess you can... You can do that, too. Hypothetically, Hypothetically. you could answer the question. Hypothetically, if you wanted to waste a lot of money and lose in the Pembroke riding, who would you be on Twitter? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Cold-blooded. All right, so at TSN 1050 Radio, you can vote on that poll. I want to get to this, though. Josh Rosen coming out, injured his Hand. So Josh Rosen, rookie quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals, listed as day-to-day after he didn't practice Wednesday because of an injured right hand, which means he might not be able to play in the third preseason game. The reason I bring this up is because if you're listening to TSN 4 Downs last season, which returns this Saturday, by the way, for season 3 at 11 a.m. on the station, heading up to the draft, Josh Rosen, out of the group of rookie quarterbacks, which included... Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen. Rosen was the one I wanted the least. And it's because this guy is, I, I coined him as the Sam Bradford, the new Sam Bradford. And who's he playing with in Arizona? Sam Bradford. 
who just needs to drink like gallons of milk to harden up those bones. Josh Rosen, injured in college, injured throwing shoulder, concussions, ankles, now a hand. Some guys just can't stay healthy, can't stay on the field. With Rosen, he's very tall, but he's lean and he's statuesque. That's not a good scene with the speedy pass rushers in today's NFL. Guy can't escape. Now, it didn't have an effect on his most recent injury, but some guys just keep getting banged up. Look at Sam Bradford. When Sam Bradford is healthy, guy's one of the most accurate quarterbacks going. Can't stay on the field. So for the Cardinals, they have... Joe, get this. So the Cardinals, this is their, their decision. Post Carson Palmer, they're like, all right, we think the window's still up. We got David Johnson as running back. Here's what we'll do. Uh, we'll go get Sam Bradford, who uh, can't stay on the field and always gets injured. We'll, uh, we'll draft Josh Rosen, who... Is very good, but but can't stay on the field. Gets injured. Oh, and by the way, is very outspoken and controversial with political comments. And then, in case that doesn't work, we'll get the guy who the Chicago Bears booted out of town, Mike Glennon. Uh, I think the Cardinals' scouting department should start preparing for a top five pick in this draft. If you put all of those quarterbacks together, are they as good as Carson Palmer right now? Carson Palmer, who has not been working out and is retired. No. No, I don't think... Because I, at least Carson Palmer like knew how to run an offense. He has an arm. Like There's weeks when... If you start the week as Carson with Carson Palmer as like a, a fringe quarterback, or you get him on a bye early in the season, you're like, oh man, this guy put up 22 points. Absolutely. What, what happened there? He... He bombs it 70 yards, whether there's a guy there or not. No, he can pop it out. And you're right. He, he has had some success, kind of that mid-tier quarterback. And when everybody's healthy, that's fine. But Bradford and Rosen cannot stay on the field. You watch. Cardinals, Cardinals are going to bottom out. And Josh Rosen is going to be one of those guys who's going to follow the same path as a Sam Bradford, who will flash, who will tease you, but will not be able to stay on the field. That's... That's my thinking. I, I don't. I don't think we're going to see too much out of him. And right away, injured in preseason. Let's switch from the NFL to some CFL talk here. We chatted about it with Glenn Suter a little bit earlier. CFL and TSN analyst. The possibility of Deron Carter coming to the Argonauts, elite receiver, adding that weapon to an S.J. Green, to Anthony Coombs coming back, to James Wilder Jr. with McLeod Bethel Thompson as the new quarterback. This for Argos fans could be. Very exciting if you add Deron Carter, if he's mentally right. He seems to be the hot rumor to come to town. Let's hear from Dave Naylor and Farhan Lalji about what they think about that. And also, the new football league that's going to be coming into effect next year that could affect players coming to the CFL. This is Three Downs. I'm Dave Naylor, joined by Farhan Lalji. And Deron Carter has been in Toronto this week, presumably meeting with the Argonauts about a possible opportunity. Farhan, do you see a fit? between Teron Carter and the Argos. Yeah, Dave, actually, I think I do, because when you consider this situation previously, everyone was concerned he would never be able to coexist with Mark Tressman. But I think right now, a firm approach might be what he needs. Consider the coaches he's had in Montreal and Saskatchewan. Carter's really had his own way with things. That won't be the case in Toronto with Tressman. And many people know how much Tressman is not a fan of social media. Well, Duran Carter's already deleted his Twitter account. I asked him about it, and he said, you know what? It served its purpose. I couldn't get more notorious or more popular in the CFO than I did. Now I'm done with it. Yeah, that might be a requirement for 
becoming an Argo. But, you know, there are some things that say this could be a fit for him. Jim Pop, of course, Toronto's GM, brought him to the league when he was the GM of the Montreal Alouettes. He's got a couple of former teammates with whom he is friends in Bear Woods and especially S.J. Green. And, hey, his uncle, Butch Carter, the former Toronto Raptor coach, is even in the city. So I think the Argos are going to take a serious look at this. I don't expect anything to happen, though, before their game Friday against Montreal. Speaking of things that are going to happen, in about two weeks, there are going to be several hundred NFL players available when that league cuts down, and many are going to be of the interest of the CFL teams. However, for the first time in a while, those players would have options. The Alliance of American Football starts up next February. Is that This is an eight-team league playing a 10-week schedule. Is this a threat, Farhan, to the CFL? Yeah, I think it's absolutely a threat relative to all the other fledgling leagues that have tried to start in professional football. And I'll tell you this, GMs have already suggested it's a threat because it's a $75,000 minimum salary. That's U.S. dollars, and again, only for 10 weeks. Compare that to $54,000 Canadian up here. I think the league needs to take a strong look at the CBA negotiations this summer about raising their salary to $75,000. It's also already reacted, the CFL has, by putting the one-year window back in, which has just started for contracts that became official this week. The league is reacting. They should be concerned. Yeah, we've already heard that there have been players saying, no thanks, I'm going to try the alliance. And this offseason, there could be a brain drain on the sidelines with the CFL bringing in a cap for its coaching staffs and the Alliance League looking to fill out its staff. So I think the league has to take this seriously. All right, third down. We are in week 11. This is the time of year when you start to get those games you circle on the schedule and look forward to. And there is one coming up for me. That is Winnipeg and Calgary. I'll tell you, a week ago I looked at this and thought, this is two teams that are on a roll. But it's even more intriguing that this is two teams that were knocked on their heels from the opening kickoff last week. The Bombers set down by Ottawa. And, of course, Calgary with their first loss against Saskatchewan. Both teams trying to rebound. I like this. Yeah, for me, it's BC against Saskatchewan here in Vancouver. And a week ago, you probably thought the narrative would be flipped on this game. BC had a great chance going into Toronto. Most people thought Calgary would beat Saskatchewan. That hasn't been the case. And now already, you're looking at playoff ramifications and potential crossover games. The Lions are 3-0 and at home so far this season. They need this to, in order to not risk falling further behind in the Western Division standings. Yeah, the CFL schedule is starting to heat up as we approach Labor Day. That's it for three downs. There you go, Dave Naylor, Farhan Lalji, going over the Drunk Carter situation and the new football league, which this is, this new league and then the XFL the following year, with the amount of money they're reported to be able to pay for just your, your kind of bottom tier contract, that's going to be an issue. Let's face it, for American players, now, if will this league last? Who knows? But... If it does, or even for in the short term, think about it from an American's perspective. Stay in the U.S., make more money. Uh, makes makes total sense that they would stay. So we'll have to track how that goes, and then eventually the return of uh, the XFL. Vince McMahon, WWE owner, uh, that league uh, coming out of retirement, I guess. Uh, let's we get this Twitter battle with uh, with Lesko is is phenomenal on our yesterday's closed Twitter poll about hypothetical trades with uh, for the Maple Leafs to get a top defenseman. So this guy Lesko on Twitter is uh, apparently running for office next year in uh, Pembroke, and Chris Brown on Twitter K Brown three one nine four just won the day. He just won the day on social media for me at K Brown three one nine four. He replies. He puts a. Packed picture of Parliament Hill with 
crowds with just the hashtag Lesco2019. Joe, this is everything. We might get this guy elected, actually. Like, this this might create hashtag Let's Go 2019. This might become a thing. And it sounds like you're saying Let's Go. Oh, so it's like don't Let's give Go 2019. Ideas. Don't give him any ideas. I don't know. Maybe I'd vote for him now just because he has a cool hashtag. Chris Brown, you brought it today. No, Let's I, Go 2019. I think I'll vote for Chris Brown. Like, just that's creativity. In. Like, Let's Go's putting Trump tweets. He's, he's not making sense. He's easily duped. Yeah. Like, Chris Brown's on the, he's on the nose. He seems like a Republican. <laughs> What a weird, what a weird time. All because you couldn't have said Jake Gardner by clicking one button. Just that. We're coming at you, man. We don't mess around here in Toronto today. We're going to step aside, come back to wrap up the show. Some Raptors and NBA offseason talk. A lot going on. Kawhi Leonard. Raptor season's going to be here before we know it. Gilbert McGregor from NBA.com joins me next on Toronto Today. How was Jabari Young on Overdrive yesterday? Talking about Kawhi Leonard and the possibility that the Raptors retain him after this year. And that's kind of that storyline that's going to be sitting there all season long for Raptors fans. Is Kawhi happy? Is he smiling enough? Is he having a good time? Can we keep him? We got to see him on the floor first. We got to make sure he is back healthy and ready to rumble. Let's talk a little NBA now as we welcome back and wrap up Toronto today. I'm Andy McNamara here on TSN 1050 from NBA.com, Gilbert McGregor. Gilbert, how's it going, man? I'm doing well, Andy. How are you? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. So with Kawhi, now there's a picture out from uh, Mark J. Spears ESPN uh, from the other day where Kawhi is with uh, Raptors assistant. Uh, there's Phil Handy. There's Jeremy Castleberry, who's his friend from school and from the Spurs. What do you think? And it's so early, Gilbert, right? We know that. But the fact that the Raptors are going, it seems, above and beyond to make Kawhi comfortable, surrounding him with a support group and familiar faces to make him comfortable. What do you think of that? I think it's I think it's big. Um, you look, uh, you see parallels situation with Kawhi and Paul George last year in Oklahoma City. Um, you see a team who's looking to contend, looking to get to the next level, who takes a big risk in acquiring a big time star, and now you have a guy one year left on his contract, and you pretty much have a year long recruitment to keep this guy around. So you have. Right now, um, what they're doing with, with, with having their coaching staff and their players and, and bringing this friend along to, to be a part of the coaching staff, it, that recruitment process is, is already in play. So you see they're starting from an early point, you know, a year out from free agency in 2019, trying to impress Kawhi and show him what it would be like to be a part of the franchise long term. And I think that's big. Do you think, Gilbert, that there's a chance? Because we know there are egos, right? And with the Raptors, let's say Kyle Lowry loses DeMar DeRozan. He's here now. He's been paid a lot of money. He's been the face of the franchise. Do you think that there could be a tipping point where the Raptors could try to do too much or focus too much attention on Kawhi and Kyle, who has been known to be moody, could either take some offense or, or have that affect him at all? You, you know, there's always a chance of something like that happening. Um, but, uh, you know, it's an old saying in sports, winning cures yeah. a lot. Yeah. So, um, you know, if, if this team comes out and things kind of work and, and chemistry on the floor isn't affected by that, um, and they come out and, and win, you know, uh, 15 of the first 20 games, then you start to, to think, you know, maybe maybe the right decision was made. So I think that, um, you know, I, it's, it, it'd be understandable. You know, you know, one of your good friends is, is traded away, somebody who, you know, you never saw one without the other. You always saw DeMar with um, Kyle. Uh, but 
if, if they are able to win and, and be successful out of the gate, I think that that'll kind of help smooth over any tension, any, any unrest or, or, or disappointment with the way the offseason went. Uh, I think that'll, that'll, that'll go away very quickly. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there, Gilbert, because if they start hot and then the whole team, Kyle Lowry and, and everybody, sees, okay, hold on, this feels different, this looks different, we have a guy who is a top-five talent, if he can get back to that, then you're right. It's like, okay, hey, bring in whoever the heck Kawhi wants. Bring in everybody. Bring in childhood exactly. friends, cousins, whatever, and have him comfortable and rolling along. I'm with you. And especially if you start getting uh, late in the regular season and the playoffs and you win around, then, man, it uh, everything's lining up for the Raptors to be really exciting. Right, right, exactly, exactly. You know, it's, it's definitely a trickle down effect from from the top, from top down as well. Um, you know, you have uh, you know, the, the the big time guys who are, you know, definitely a little more impacted by decisions like that, and then there are the guys who are kind of follow follow the lead of, of guys like Lowry and guys who are veterans who are more established. And if, if they can kind of get on board with things going well, then everybody else mm-hmm. will be on board. And I think that will also work wonders. And a guy like Kawhi, who um, is, is is very reserved, and, and again, you know, you can't really read him with how he feels in the situation. I think him just feeling welcome on, on a day to day basis will will do wonders for keeping him up there long term. In conversation with Gilbert McGregor, NBA.com writer on Twitter at gmcgregor21. Now, Gilbert, NBA.com, yourself and other writers have been putting out a lot of content on Kobe Bryant's. His 40th birthday is today, and kind of a look back at his career, best matchups, and, and really trying to remember Kobe and, and his greatness throughout such a, a long career. What are, what's some of the content you guys have been working on? Uh, it's, it's wide-ranging. Uh, we've, we've gone back and, and kind of really taken, like you said, a, a look at how long his career has really spanned, um, you know, you don't realize it, but in the span of 20 years, you play against a plethora of Hall of Famers. So one of the things we have is, is a look at 40 of the biggest matchups that Kobe's had. Um, one thing he, he said was the toughest players he's competed against. Among them were Clyde Drexler, LeBron James, Michael Jordan, of course, Hakeem Olajuwon. And, and a look at his head-to-head with those guys. Uh, we've done a lot of uh, speculation, you know, what if Kobe and Shaq stayed together? What if Kobe came back to play with LeBron these days? Um, and then today, uh, the, the most recent feature is 40 gifts that Kobe's given the game of basketball. So um, on and off the court, you know, whether it's his endeavors in the media, um, his impact on the culture, or, or some of his greatest performance and greatest moments in games, we've kind of taken an introspective look at all of those things to really just revisit and give the attention to Kobe because you know, sometimes it's easy to forget just how good he was and all the things that he did um, throughout the span of his career. And it is amazing because it seems like Kobe was around forever, right? And you mentioned a name uh, to go from a range of Clyde Drexler to LeBron James to Michael Jordan. Like, that is a span. Like, to, to go back, that's it's some fascinating work, and you guys can all check it out at NBA.com. And uh, on Twitter, at uh, GMcGregor21, you'll have that posted out. But to to look at everything he's done, and right up until what was it? He won a was it an Oscar or an Emmy this year? He for for voice work. It was, it was, it was an Oscar. Yeah. It was an Oscar this year uh, for for his, uh, his his short animated film, which right. is, like, <laughs> you know one of you know again just continuously adding to you know a list of achievements and accolades that that span back you know all the way into the nineties, which is amazing. 
It's it's absolutely crazy. Well, Gilbert, really appreciate you taking the time to get us up to date on some of the off-season NBA news and keep up the great work at NBA.com. Of course, appreciate that. Thanks for having me. All right, buddy. Gilbert McGregor from NBA.com. And yeah, this Kobe stuff, the articles he's been putting out, fascinating at NBA.com, including what he has there the uh, right on the front page. 40 gifts Kobe has given the game of basketball. So check that out, and Gilbert will tweet it out at G. McGregor and the number 21. So there you go. Uh, with What he was saying with the Raptors and Kawhi Leonard, and I, I think it's spot on. We're concerned to a certain degree. How's Kyle going to react? His buddy's gone. But yeah, if you start the year. Now, on the other side of it, if the Raptors start the year poorly and Kawhi gets hurt or isn't the same guy that he's been, then we might start to see some negative things come up from Lowry or the other parts of the team. But if Kawhi Leonard is right, if he is physically good to go, then man, like this Raptors team could be something really special. Because I'm like the rest of you guys. When DeMar DeRozan gets traded, you're like, oh. But then you have to think. You got, it's just like with our Leaf conversation yesterday. To get a top defenseman, you got to give up something good. You have to give to get. No one's giving you something for nothing. So for the NBA to get a top five player, when healthy two years ago, you have to give up something great. And that was your best player. But what Masai Ujiri believes is that giving up his best player in DeMar DeRozan for Kawhi Leonard, you wouldn't have been able to make that deal if Kawhi was fully healthy and if there was no issues. Because why would the Spurs trade him? Why would you trade a top five player? You don't do that. You trade a top five player, you're going to be spending all your time trying to find another one. So there has to be some sort of issue. You have to give to get. And for Kawhi Leonard, this is a one-shot go for the Raptors. And if he does leave after this, you're, you pretty much have to go into full rebuild mode, I would think. Hey, producer Joe Narsa, Joe, I think the, the Raptors, like if you, if this Kawhi thing doesn't work out, if he leaves, or even if they have a good season and get, you know, to the conference finals and get eliminated and then he goes, if he leaves, you got to blow this thing up because Kyle Lowry at what, 33 something, uh, the, the core just isn't there. And, and ultimately, it would not have worked. And I think that was the assumption that the Raptors had going into the season regardless. If they didn't have Kawhi Leonard and they had DeMar DeRozan and this was the season LeBron's not in the Eastern Conference, if the Raptors don't get to an NBA Finals with this roster, whichever way it's put together, they're blowing it up. Yeah. Because you, you're right. Kyle Lowry is starting to show signs of aging. He's not as durable as he once was, and he was never very durable in the first place because he plays a very physical game. Not that he's a soft player by any means. And Kawhi Leonard is going to be the make or break of Masai Ujiri's beginning of his career because I, this is the kind of the first move Masai's really made, along that, with the coaching change. Yeah, that's established his new imprint on the mm-hmm. organization. Because funny enough, most of this organization was Brian Colangelo's yeah. still up until this point. Yeah, and and Joe, we have to think too. Every GM gets their one shot with bringing in their new head coach. It looked at first by the Rudy Gay trade, that Dwayne Casey was going to be on his way out. Then all of a sudden, we went on this incredible streak of making the playoffs, number one seeds, winning division titles. And so, Masai Ujiri has not got to bring in his guy. Now he does. The thing is, though, once you do that as a GM, you usually don't get to do it a second time. It works or it doesn't. And so, Masai Ujiri now has got his coach in there. He can't say, ah, this is somebody else's guy. This is him. 
the Kawhi Leonard deal. This is his move. This is his big swing. And I like it. People who say, oh, I shouldn't have got rid of DeMar. It's too much of a risk. What are we playing sports for? What are we doing? We've played it safe. We've played it where, okay, give this core time. Masai Ujiri has almost been too patient to give this core as much of an opportunity as it has gotten. Kept everybody the same. Little tweaks. Hasn't been good enough. Now, in large part, it's because a guy named LeBron James was there and nobody could beat him. So could you argue, well, maybe he should have given the time to, this, to see what everybody could do together without LeBron? Maybe, but you don't get the chance to bring in a Kawhi Leonard type every day. And that opportunity would not have been there next year. Kawhi Leonard, if it was straight free agency, probably wouldn't have even taken Toronto's calls. Let's be honest. Wouldn't have been an option. So he went big. He went bold. And I like it. What are we trying to do here? As Raptors fans, as the Raptors organization, are you trying to be buddy-buddy? You're trying to keep everyone happy and cozy? Or are you trying to win? Messiah Jerry wants to win. I love it. Maple Leafs now, with that move, getting John Tavares, all that money, they want to win. This, we have not been able to say that in this city, that teams have gone for it to win, not playing it safe, not being casual or cautious about it. For the Blue Jays, it was Alex Anthopoulos, that kind of all-in go, and then the new management team came in, half-assed it, and here we are. Blue Jays are off today. And nobody really cares, because they're not good. Well, the Raptors and the Leafs are, and they're trying to take that next step. Being good is not good enough anymore. That's what I love. It's not just about, let's get to the playoffs, cool. It's, let's go win a title. Like, what a different mindset as Toronto sports fans to be able to get behind. Don't just make the playoffs. Don't just have a good season. Let's go win a championship. It's still hard for me to wrap my head around to be able to get out of that. Okay, I hope we're, we're decent. No. You're going to go try to win a title. And to win a title takes bold moves. Masai Ujiri made a bold move bringing in Kawhi Leonard. Kyle Dubas made a bold move signing all that money to John Tavares. So that's where we're at, and I love it. All right, folks, that'll do it for me for this afternoon. So let's say for producer Joe Narsen and Steve Eliopoulos, I'm Andy McNamara. The Scott McCarthy Show is up next, and I will be back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. right here on TSN 1050. Let's go 19.